Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhandu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Well, hi. Uh, welcome back to Desperate Retune and our current campaign of Blades in the Dark called A Candle Ablaze, set in the city of Uduwasha. I'm Tree, or Saumitri, I'm your GM, and I will be running this game for you today. My name is Emma, I am playing Joan, a retired ghost fighter, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Chloe. In real life, my name is Zohab, and I'm a he, him, and I'm playing Miras Chakraborty, the crew's leech, who is an engineer turned cult leader. I'm Prince, he, him, I play Vickers, a roof baller and Miras' wife. I'm Soap, I play Abbas, the religious scholar, and uh, pain in Miras' side. And um, yeah, my pronouns are he and him. Oh, I actually forgot my pronouns, which are all of them. Um, I really don't care. Let's do a quick recap of what happened uh, last session. We left off, shall we say, halfway through downtime. Um, I think we did some downtime with uh, some downtime with Abbas, some downtime with Vickers, but I don't know if we did downtime with anybody else. Miras, technically. Oh yes, both of you went to see Amitabh, right? I wrote mm -hmm. this down. Yeah, we have taken one downtime action each, oh, and Abbas has taken either one or two. I did not write uh, that down. I've taken mine in the same, both of mine in the same scene. Yeah. So Abbas okay. has taken two, Joan has taken zero, Miras and Vickers have each taken one. Yeah. I also have picked up the ability calculating, which means I get one more downtime action for free. Haha. <laughs> Very good. Uh, power gaming in this game that is designed not to care about power gaming. I love power gaming. I, I It's so bad. Anti-power gaming, I believe in being as weak as possible at all times. Uh, this is why I never take... Sp I mean, I I, I'm trying to parody myself, but the truth is, I do put my characters in awful, dis uh, awful situations more often than I should. So, looks on me. Actually, that's just power gaming, so you get more XP from desperate actions. <laughs> you got me there, yeah. You're empowered by your humility. 
Better than being humiliated by your own power. Yeah. Very wise. There is uh, there is an ability in the Exalted game that's called "By Pain Reforged, by Agony Empowered," and it this makes me think of that. Yes, I feel like there needs to be a snake in this in this allegory, but otherwise it's just perfect. <laughs> yes, I yeah. So we saw uh, the end of the Roofball game, which went very badly uh, for your opponent, very well for you. And then we saw Vickers and Miraz meet Vickers's favorite doctor, who was called Amitabh, who is aid by Amitabh Bachchan. We also saw Miraz. Uh, who were you lecturing? Was it, were, you, were you talking to Zajidan? Yes, you were. I was not actually lecturing, lecturing. You were being lectured. But I think there was a very interesting conversation between the brothers that kind of reflected the conversation that Zajidan had with Miraz and that also reflected the conversation that His Majesty had with Miraz about just being able to trust yourself, man. Just go for it. Don't worry about it. Um, but said, I think, very differently in, on each occasion. So, yeah. He now, I think, um, we should just continue kind of like downtime, right? So we're in loose time. What do you, what, Joan, what do you think you want to do? Actually, I would be very interested to see Joan relieve stress. How are you only having two stress? I don't know, man. I just, I just talked myself out of the, the, the problems last session. Jones just chilled out. Smoking some of that green medicine. Yep. Wow, okay. The, the snake is doing preventative stress, stress relief because I just ask him to solve my problems. So, so related to that, actually, I think uh, Joan is giving a lot of thought to this uh, committee that's coming up where they'll have to draw up these plans for the, the renovation and refactoring of the temple. And I think she is going, like, she's, I think a, a, a while ago, had a conversation about this with, with Miras. And Miras clearly has, like, a lot of escalator plans. Yes. And, and I think that conversation, well, it went, it, it, did, it didn't go great. But I think she's going to try and pick that up again and mm. find him because she has a suggestion. Oh, lovely. Uh, where are they? I think I am on not the roof of the temple, but like, so it's, so remind me, the temple juts out from the rock face, right? Yes. What would we say is like the outermost part that someone can stand and kind of like look down at the rest of the temple? Is there such a spot? I think there should be a balcony. Yeah, yeah. Or some kind of extended like courtyard space. I was I was going to say a balcony as well. Um, but maybe a courtyard space is almost like more interesting, like a very large balcony, right? Like it opens out. Uh, I like the idea that like you can climb up to it from the outside and what is actually whatever is actually underneath the roof, you can't get to. That part of the temple is still somewhat broken down and like closed off, right? But you can climb uh, some outward facing stairs. Yeah. You know what? I think this outward, this balcony, it is the, the way to get to it is known basically to a few people. Like Miraz kind of found it out on his own when he was a young boy. And this was kind of like his spot to kind of sit there, hang out with some of his more uh, brave and athletic friends when they were like really young. Mm -hmm. And he's still kind of like, 
knows the ro- the the ropes and he can kind of like make his way up there kind of it's kind of like his rock climbing essentially and yes. he's kind of just sitting there um looking down across the breadth of the city it's probably like evening so we're seeing the big mirror down in the burning udu uh kind of getting brought down and the natural darkness that suffuses the world is kind of coming back and this is kind of like his moment to kind of like think about, you know, this entire temple is kind of falling apart. Let's, uh, how can we, what kind of girders can I put up all over the place? Uh-huh. That kind of thing. He's looking for structural weaknesses. And then uh, Joan's voice cuts the silence. You there? And then he kind of like almost physically jumps and falls off the roof and just kind of like grabs onto a crumbling ledge as he kind of looks around and says, who? What? Joan? Cousin Joan? How, how'd you get up here? Uh, well, with some difficulty, I don't know why you went all the way here. Uh, childhood nice habit. Stuff. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I used to come up here with my friends, um, Bahadur and so on, way, way, way back. I don't think you've met them. Maybe you will. Ah, I suppose it's your real jack reflexes, huh? This can't be much worse than riding a train. I think I mostly had my uh, climbing hook to thank. And she like, oh. kind of like holds it up. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice little toy. Let me have a look at that. And then he Hands kind of like over. reaches for it. Like, mm-hmm. it She'll hand it over. Uh-huh. And he's kind of like looking at it and kind of like marveling at it. It is, you know, how light it is, how strong it is. And uh, oh, it goes, the flanges go like this. And yeah, it's clear to it's clear to you that he is not thinking about what you're here for, why you were looking for him, etc. I had another thought about uh, that committee that's coming up. Yes, uh, the committee to approve the escalator design that I've been drawing up. Yes, yeah, that committee. That one, uh, among other things, of course. Yeah, a few things. Uh, the structural weaknesses and so on. I, I do enjoy the intimacy and the privacy of having this own place for myself, but maybe if we could get a proper walkway up here, more people could come up here and have a look at... This is a wonderful spot. It could be a bit of a tourist attraction, couldn't it? I was kind of thinking about, well, something related exactly to that, actually. I feel like the uh, Bashundara and her people are going to push really hard. From their perspective, they're they're getting what they want, right? They get a chance, at least, to Make this into this place into something that serves them, that serves them on the outside. Mm-hmm. And we're going to push against that, knowing what is needed here, knowing what we need. But I'm not sure we know what the other people who depend on this temple really need. Like, who is, who is out there in just like in this neighborhood? And how can we make this place better for them? And since you're like the... Uh, you know, the head of this whole uh, operation, I guess. I thought we'd go ask around for a bit. Mira's clearly thinking. And as he's thinking, he's kind of like swinging your uh, grappling hook around, like, you know, around him in like circles and so on. A bit of a safety hazard. But like, he's just kind of idly thinking. It seems that we ourselves are not in one mind about what is best for the temple in any case. I have certain ideas. I know that uh, I seem a bit fixated on this 
escalated thing. You probably are a bit irritated hearing about it. He kind of turns to you and gives a smile. But at least it's a, I think it's a good idea. And I think it's a good idea that is unquestionably good. The other things, though, that Bushindara wants, I don't know. I don't know what's good for the temple. I don't know about this whole tradition stuff. Ankalabas may have his head in the right place at some points, but he just seems to be categorically opposed to any sort of change, just because it is change. <sighs> I don't know what you want. Suppose we shall find out. But yes, consulting the people who come here might be wise. And in fact, he, so he stops swinging the grappling hook and kind of stands up, hands you back the hook. And like, I think you see him like being more lucid than you've seen him recently, more focused. And he says, in fact, when we talk to the people who come to our temple, I think it would be very wise to confine our researches not to the kind of people that Begum Bushundar appeals to, by which I mean the old money and all that. The sorts of people here in Udaput. And in fact, a lot of people come here who aren't even from Udaput. I think we should probably make our ways a little bit further down Uduasha. Yeah, give a smile. Looks sort of, sort of relieved. Some of like she she looked really like worried in hindsight when she was making this proposal. But now that you seem to agree, she's like, ah, oh, well, I suppose that's very wise. Mm, maybe. And uh, he kind of gives a little bit of a smile, as though like, yes, maybe I am wise. Maybe we I said the right thing. Okay, that's nice. How do we get down? How do we get down? Well, it's a few ways of going down. Depends on how far down we want to go. I meant off this route, but oh, oh, okay, okay. Uh, and then he kind of like looks, looks down and says, "What I normally used to do is," and then he kind of like he he jumps down from the roof, so it just looks like he falls off. And then a second later, you hear his voice saying, "I'm still here," and then you can see that there's like a small ledge down there. And from here, you can hug the side of the wall and just shimmy on along. And then you enter this balcony, and he's just walking ahead, and his voice sort of disappears. Yeah, kind of peers off the edges. All right. You should be fine. At least there's no ghosts. And she tries to follow. I'm sure Joan is perfectly capable of traversing this. Surely, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I think, like, I don't know if you pick up on it, but I think Miraz was slightly testing you, and I think he's impressed. That's interesting. Are we doing the scene where we kind of go to some other district and get a feel for like what are I was about to say constituents, but what I mean is congregation. Mm-hmm. Yes, what our congregation from 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 the more working class and so on might want. Yeah, I thought that that was what I was envisioning as the downside action. All right, excellent. Where might we go? So let's open up the Uduasha map. Yes. Which we should definitely, yeah, we should definitely figure out some way of like making this uh, viewer facing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so Udaput, Udaput connects to the Imperial Ward, Shititpur, Golampit. Golampit makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Is that where we go? Mm-hmm. That seems so. All right. So I, I think this is the first time we are seeing Golampit on screen, right? Yes, I think it is the first time we're seeing it on screen. So let's talk about what it looks like and what it is. How, like, in fact, I think the, the first uh, geographical thing uh, to think about is uh, Udiput is really at the top of the, of the well. Uh, that is the city of Uduwasha. How far down is uh, Golampit? I don't think it's that far down. Actually, no, let's say that 
Yeah, let's say it's actually a fair way down. Yeah, that's, I prefer that actually because it is connected to the mining district, the hand, which will come to some other time, I suppose. But so if it's connected to the mining district, it's probably fairly low down. Yeah, and it's like also directly connected to the Udu, so I can imagine it being near the bottom. Yeah, so they put this like all the way up there, mm -hmm. and then there's like I don't know elevators or something that bring us down. Yeah, it is in fact quite a long. Uh, way away. As you walk through or travel through the city, you know, from Udaipur, probably again through Pasarhantu uh, into Golampit, you see that even the, the light of the sun, uh, which is to say the mirror that pretends to be a sun, does not fall down here as well as it otherwise might, right? Because the entire city is, is above you and most places are cloaked in shadow. You can still sort of like make things out. Um, I think like there is still an ambient glow and Uduasha is kind of well lit um, also by braziers, by fire uh, and so on. But you can definitely see as you move further down that like light becomes more of a precious commodity. Why don't you roll one of you, either, either of you can do this, just roll consort as a fortune and and this is not for like the what like if you want to work on a project or whatever it's not really about that it's about let's see what kind of person we're likely to meet or how well um how well they may be disposed towards you you want to roll that yeah do you want to assist me i think that makes sense i think i will yes okay so concert with the bonus dice mm -hmm. oh wonderful amazing yeah. lovely it's a one and another one so really, the worst possible role you can get on two six-sided dice. That's not wonderful at all. It makes me wonder. That's true. I wonder what the worst person we possibly meet is. Yeah. yeah, no, this is this is exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, who is the worst possible person you could meet? Let me look at my list of NPCs. Because um, there is no reason... Okay. I think you are likely to meet Pandit um, because the Chandlers are not fans of you at the moment. You have a negative faction status with them. Um, I think the reason that meet Omar is not because uh, you seek him out. It is because he seeks you out. So as you get off this elevator, which is... Um, I think it's actually reasonably well maintained. Uh, I imagine that this is the kind of public infrastructure that the city takes care of. It's not, you know, like amazing and like put the silk and so on, but you know, it's, it, it works. As you step out, you see the bustle of the industrial district, hear the clang of gears and hammers in the distance. I don't think it's that like he like approaches you straight away, right? I think it's that we see someone notice you and pass a message along exactly the way that we've seen these messages passed along before, right? Like they kind of like tag one of the young children who make uh, a living doing this and pay them to take a message to two moments saying someone he's interested in is present. And he is the oldest Chandler left alive. He in some ways is a contemporary or even an elder to Zajidan. And he remembers a time when Uduasha was Powered fully by waxwork and steam, other than these newfangled notions of electroplasm and uh, 
Imperial Lightning. Mohammed is a he's a very old man whose skin really looks like a shriveled up raisin. He has probably lost a couple of inches over the last 10 years of his life because he's just shrunk. Uh, he's got a long, thin, wispy mustache. Like he's got these beady eyes that probably look to you like they could look straight through you. I don't think most people on the street know who he is. Do you notice him? Like, do you recognize him immediately? I don't think I would know him. No, same. Should we have a note for the listeners on what a Chandler is? Yes, we should do that. Yeah, they haven't come up yet, right? So, So, uh, a Chandler. In Uduwasha, traditionally, the industry was managed by large waxwork golems. That's what they're called, golems. They're very similar to what in Dustwall are called hulls, like a ghost-haunted machines. But a golem is accumulated not just from like regular wax, but from the wax that is created by the bees that come out whenever someone dies. And the bees come out, they eat the people, and they go back home, and then they make wax. And this wax has magical properties because it's essentially the accumulated detritus of lots and lots of people who've died. And you take that wax and you make a fake person. It's not the same thing as a machine operated by a single ghost, but it is highly intelligent and it has its own properties. We haven't like actually seen one of these golems in person either, so we'll have to see what that actually means. But the Chandlers are the people who have traditionally maintained and operated these machines. And they aren't that happy these days because the Imperium is coming in and all Aruvian traditions, industries, practices are kind of dying out. Halls are coming in, replacing the golems and so forth. And we have a rivalry with the Chandlers from character creation because the snake did something bad to them. It ate one of their golems, right? That's what it did. Yes. So uh, the snake essentially ate not just a golem, but like a, a whole bunch of people's uh, spiritual residue of a very important golem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were saying it was some kind of a uh, prototype. I think it was like it was a toss up between it's an important prototype and like the specific people or like that it's accumulated from were all like very important. Like it is someone's ancestors or something. It's probably somewhat unclear exactly what it is, but it may become clear now as you speak to Mohammed. I like the idea that in character we have no idea that this happened at all and that they, we have no idea they're mad at us. So I think Mohammed appears, um, has a little cane. He's got like a cool Chandler waxwork cane, right? Um, it, it glows from the inside with some light. And it was probably given to him when he retired, which now is about 30 years ago. He's, you, cannot, you cannot deny that he's looking straight at you and walking straight towards you. And unless you do something, he's going to walk straight up to you. And I suspect that, like, however tall you are or short you are, he is shorter than you. John, you see that cane, that uh, waxy cane that man's holding, that means he's a Chandler. You've, you've heard of the Chandlers, yes? You've seen the golems? I, yes. I know what they are. That's a Chandler, and he's coming straight towards us. I wonder why. I don't think he looks very happy. Uh, it's probably because he can see that I'm an engineer, uh, you know, educated in dust wall and all that. I've got my spanner and so on. These people, they don't like that sort of thing. They're, they like to hew to their traditions, you see, John. They don't believe in Sparkcraft. 
So I'm I'm supposed to, it's going to be a whole Uncle Abbas thing again. Uh, and you can see that Miraz is kind of like lightly amused by the situation as he kind mm-hmm. of like turns to face the Chandler and puffs his chest out and goes, uh, hello there. You have some nerve showing your face around here. You want to say, see, I told you. Oh God, destroyed one of the most important prototypes, a project I spent years lobbying for. And not even a word from our old friends at the Ceaseless Temple, not even a single rote, not even a penny of recompensation. Just ignorance. This is what happened. We are not in control of our God's actions. We do not, he does not answer to us. And what would have come up? Pretend like you don't know. I, I don't know. You just said that we're ignorant. I am ignorant. What's happening? Your avatar funded in the training grounds to the experimental laboratory belonging to the Chandlers and consumed utterly and totally a prototype based on a thousand years of research founded in traditional methods. Completely, completely consumed it find a single drop of wax left then what were we going to do tell it it, that it wasn't allowed to do that of course not the temple has always known used to be your allies we used to work together now it seems your candles naught but sparks now you walk into golampit Miraz just looks at taking it back and at loss and he says "Uh, are you sure it it ate your prototype? Did you look everywhere for it? It is very obvious when an eight-legged, four-headed, it was based on a, on a diagram that we had found it was meant to clean out the catacombs. Yes, sure it was destroyed because one moment it towered 15 feet above us, next moment it cowered, in front of a snake twice its size, and then naught but a moment later. It was nothing but your god. For its form, or whatever it is that you say that it is, Zajidan would have known what to do. Zajidan would have known that's what the snake did. I see that he's no longer in charge, is he? He's not. He's, he's not very well. I'm his son. I'm Miros. Hmm. Come back to ransack the old temple, have you? In your new Duskwall ways, forget your traditions. Uh, and then he kind of like looks at Joan for help. What is it that you would have had Zajidan do? Accept responsibility. Work with us to replace what was lost. Yes, at the very least. Something, anything really. More than uh, months of silence and then... Uh, what, would you, what was it you said? That you are complete ignorant fools? Listen. Listen, if this was something you were developing for a thousand years and using what, I don't know, some sort of special ghost wax or whatever, I don't see how we can replace that. Sounds <laughs> uh, sounds irreplaceable, which is probably why you guys are so mad at us. Like Dawn's. I think he doesn't really say anything more. Um, I think he's waiting for you to acknowledge your mistake. I don't know. I mean, it's a bloody great snake. It tells me what to do. I, I don't know 
I'm not in charge of it. Roams around saying cryptic, cryptic things, trying to stir up revolution and so on. And now it's out here, what, like, e- eating some traditional, like, waxwork stuff. <sighs> John, what do you know about this? You, you spend a lot of time talking to it. And yet I am not privy to all the workings of the snake. You think maybe it might still be inside the snake? Are you going to ask him to spit it out? <laughs> Suppose? There's like genuinely a little like smile. Like The last time we, uh, we, there was an argument of this sort, I don't think it went very well. What have you asked it to spit it out? I, I, I meant the time that Vickers got very angry at him. Oh, I mean, I'm not angry. I just want him to spit out the thing that... <laughs> okay, fine, fine. And then he kind of turns back to... Uh, and then he says, Sorry, what was your name? I'm Pandit Mohamed. I'm the Chandler Emeritus, the oldest living member of this famed brotherhood. That you do not know my name is an embarrassment to you. I'm not really from around here. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You can't keep telling me about how I'm ignorant and how I'm not from here and then kind of like hold that against me. No, that's not really fair, I don't think. I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to do my best. Listen, um, we are very sorry that our god did this. Um, we don't know what to do about it. It sounds irreplaceable, so I don't know what I can say to that will replace it. I mean, I'm a Sparkcraft engineer, but it seems that you know all about that. All I can do is replace it with a hull, which I imagine is the last thing you want. So I'm, I'm, I'm basically at a loss for what to say, except that we are very sorry. And we are not his minders. This is not some animal that destroys something and then his owners or pet keepers are expected to pay. If I thought your god was an animal, I would hunt it down. I still remember the old ways, even if its its own devotees do not. Wish to know what you can do for me? Very well. You can work with me. Say you're some kind of Sparkcraft engineer, it means surely that our primitive and old-fashioned waxwork must be beneath your notice. I'm sure you could pick it up in no time. I'm not talking about someone who works for you. I'm talking about you, little Mr. Head Priest. You're going to devote your personal attention. Then, if you do a good enough job, I will accept you have made reparation. Miras kind of stands there, scratching his head for a bit and saying, you know what, I'm going to roll study fortune. And, and I'll, I'll say why once I've rolled. Yeah, uh, Miras kind of scratches his head and then says, because I got a four on my study roll, which means that he says, I don't, Sparkcraft is the manipulation of plasm derived from spectral energy in the service of cre- of the creation of electricity, which then powers all manner of, all, all, which powers all manner of things, really. I mean, the applications are limitless. And as I understand it, the golems of Golampith are constructed from spirit wax, which has various arcane properties that are beyond my ken, beyond my expertise. And where our purposes would intersect would be the creation of things like hulls, which normally are electro are, are powered by electroplasm, but in this case are 
I believe not powered at all, your golems. They're just quasi-living, running on residual ghost energy for ever, which is a remarkable thing. But that's what I'm trying to say, um, Pandit. I know how to create something like a golem, but the principles are completely different. You would have to teach me, and I don't know if these things can be taught. I understand. Do you not have apprenticeships that go on for decades? Yes. Those apprentices, as you might imagine, now have their hands full trying to justify to the Chandler's Union why uh, they have spent so many and hours and so much money on something that has completely ceased to exist. I'm afraid that in order to make back all of the time and the money that they have been, that they must work now for, for the Chandlers before they may return. Oh dear. Actually, you know what? Tell you what. I don't think I can make you a waxwork golem. I don't think I can repay you in that way. What I could maybe help you with, if it doesn't bother you, if it's not beneath you, is help you design something for the same application that your prototype was for. Okay, I think this is a role. Um, yeah. And I think the reason there is risk here is that you are offering something that is not exactly what he wants. And it will like kind of involve him compromising on something that's very important to him because he's very conservative and so on. Um, mm -hmm. But nonetheless, like it could work, right? So, yeah. Let's say I'll push the, myself. So, did you say risky standard? I said risky. I was going to say risky standard. Yes. Risky. I standard. think I want to assist. Okay, thank you. I'm pushing um, myself for an extra dice, but please, mm -hmm. how do you assist? I I think Joan will add. It may not have been without reason that our God destroyed the prototype. Sometimes things cannot stay the same. Will become as you hoped. This is what we can offer. He keeps going on about change this and revolution that and and so on and so forth. Maybe he looked at your accumulation of like thousands of years of effort and he's like, nope, none of that. <laughs> be honest, if you try that, you may move down to limited effect because you've just insulted him to his face. <laughs> Oops. I mean, only we mean only to say within that dogma, this is what we can do. Something different. Perhaps it will be, be a benefit. Okay. I mean, okay, in that case, let's say that we're still at standard, but the standard effect looks different now. Like, that's, that's what, what, what Joan was saying. That's not me, me justifying. Yeah. I don't mind it being desperate standard then. It seems like a fairly major issue anyway, right? It is, it, I think here the desperate consequence is just you are risking uh, your faction status getting worse. I think that, like, even on a mixed success, what will happen is like, the organization will think worse of you. So even if you manage to convince him, you will convince him of this, but he's still going to be totally uh, unhappy with you uh, about this. I think we're at minus two. So does that mean that if we fail this role, we, we go to war? Uh, I'm sorry, were you? I, I, I thought you were at minus one. Give me one second. Because war is a good we're role even two. for them. Okay. Uh, Why don't you make a clock uh, i think let's, let's let's do a clock and let's say uh, the standard three ticks out of four right like you are like one bad move away from them declaring war if this goes badly. well i rolled a six so we don't need to worry about that fantastic okay on this moment is a is a man of the future apparently 
I don't think he is a man of the future, but I think what he will say is, um, because what you want him to do is take you up on your offer, right? Yeah. Uh, I think what he will say is, have an apprentice. An intelligent girl, ambitious, and uh, what your god did probably wrecked any chance she has of advancing within the organization. Is the lead on the project. We'll work with her. And you will teach her as she teaches you. And the thing you produce better be, better be the most incredible invention anyone in Uduwasha has ever seen. You understand? Uh, I mean, let's not, let's not get too hasty. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it will be better than what would have been wrought otherwise. It is no. ordained. No. No, Joan. Let's uh, let's let, let's not uh, disperse their efforts too much. You rolled a six, and I think he's seeing a way to fix a problem that that you know, like affects someone he cares about deeply. So he's not going to be like, "Go fuck yourself." But he, he, again, I guess this is why you are one bad move away from you know them declaring war on you. All right. Um, just send her along to the temple. You seem to know all about it. The surprise. I don't think my father ever mentioned you. Maybe I'll ask him about you. Do that. Actually, while while I have you, cousin Joan and I were in Ugolampit to kind of get a feeling for. We have been tasked by by the serpent, the Avdar, to enact some changes. He feels that changes are necessary in our temple, and he's putting asked us to build a commission uh, to build a committee to figure out what changes should be made and well we don't really know and we wanted to get a feeling for the people who know the temple who use the temple the people of Golumbit for example what what is the feeling what do people want from us what do people want for the ceaseless temple if it changes is that right uh, cousin Joan is that fair yeah, that was that was exactly what we. Yeah, Pandit, what is your opinion? I think in some ways uh, he is like one of the best people in Golumpets to ask this question because he's been around for so long. He does seem to have some knowledge of your temple, right? In some ways, he's not because it's not necessarily the case that he will give you this of his own bias. You roll the six, and you know, I think this is what he will say: temple. Temple has uh, been in Uduwasha before the key bearers here. It's an old, old tradition. I was a child. Mother and I used to walk all the way from Golumpit up to what is Deput now. That's two hours each way, so we only did it every other day. We did it because when we visited, at this time, it wasn't even Zajidan. It was, it was your grandfather who was in charge at that time. He used to tell us that change was something that happened one day at a time. My mother used to say to me, there's wisdom. And that is why we went. And it is the hope. If we take it one day at a time, great change will happen. We can make things better. 
And here in Golampet, so many things have changed. We've lost so much, it seems, and no one cares to see what we have lost. But I don't think this is the kind of change that grandfather spoke of. I think if you want to know what the people of Golampet want, as if they are one single being, what we want is to know that the change that we are making is for a better world. We will not forget what came before us. What do I know? I'm only uh, an old man. Miras kind of looks at him confused because it's like, okay, uh, change, good, change, slow, good. What to do? No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's I think we are agreement on this, uh, Joan will say. And then Miras kind of looks at Joan surprised because like he didn't realize there was something there to agree with. I was like, okay. But what we need are specifics. And you're right that what one shouldn't think about people as a monolith. So we will go ask many. That was the plan. Wasn't it? Uh Miras. Yes, it was. So it was the plan. But yes, particulars. I mean beyond helping my apprentice? That's a particular. I, as one of the people in Golempit, definitely would appreciate it if you got in touch with her. I need to give this person a name, by the way. So while you speak, I will also be doing this. I just uh, ask her to come to the temple. Uh, yes, of course, we'll, we'll help. We'll figure it out. Uh, I suppose now we should be on our way. Um, yes, you're right. We should be talking to all sorts of people, uh, getting a wide sample of opinions, and then perhaps we can... Create a pie chart, and then he starts like uh, edging Joan along. It's like, okay, uh, let's get away <laughs> from the hostel, man. What are you doing? Create them a pie? It's uh, no. You see, you create a circle, yes, and then you calculate the percentages of uh, what sort of opinions are expressed, and then he starts explaining the concept of a pie chart to you in a very roundabout and stupefyingly detailed way. Mm -hmm. That I think makes it even more confusing, even though it is not a confusing concept. Yep. Um, I think as you, as you kind of like walk away, um, probably see him like mutter under his breath. Uh, I believe I'm making some kind of deal with these people because it really does. Um, uh, it really does baffle him. He agreed. I think like he is this desperate and he does want his apprentice Shama to be, be given the opportunity to shine, which he thinks she deserves. But you have caused him, uh, or rather your God has caused him great harm. And I think he, he understands well enough that you're not responsible for it. But that doesn't mean that like um, you can fail to acknowledge it or make reparations for it. Because that is how it goes if you're really does exist and then does things to fuck other people's shit up. Once he's out of earshot, uh, Joan turns to Miras and says, I can't believe we're making some sort of deal with this man who's making direct, direct threats to the infinite one. He is right. I mean, what, a thousand years of work? I'd be, I'd be hopping mad myself. I understand that he is fr frustrated. But think of it this way, uh, Cousin Joan. Ultimately, it's not just about our temple. We want to improve our temple, right? Uh, there's 
things that need to be done, despite what Uncle Abbas says. But what is the temple if not a place for people to come, to have their blessings? They, they, they feel good, but then there's the community to think about, right? And the community needs things. They need, well, I suppose they needed the go that golem over there, though I suppose if the golem was a good idea, they wouldn't have needed a thousand years of testing to make it work. So it's probably a good thing that the that the snake chewed it up. Probably if the golem was a good idea, he wouldn't have eaten it. That's exactly, Mira says, uh, lying, because he doesn't think that the snake just does things that are only good. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, exactly. Uh, exactly, you're right. But, okay, so he's mad about losing the golem, even though he probably shouldn't be losing the golem, probably isn't a bad thing, etc., etc. But the golem <clears throat> seemed to have a useful purpose, right? The catacombs or whatever. That's the thing that we can come in and we can fix. We can do it even better because now there'll be something better than the golem. So that's why I agreed because, you know, if he wanted, I don't know, some random horseshit thing that did nothing useful, that's a complete waste of time. But now, I don't know. Now we can actually probably do something helpful for, for people. I can help do something helpful for people. She sighs. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's right. Well, yeah. Uh, let's, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Um, maybe his apprentice is a, is actually an idiot, and it will never go anywhere. And I don't know. I think these Chandlers are on their way out anyway. I have nothing against the Chandlers in principle. I guess maybe I got carried away. I just don't like this man. Oh, I mean, cousin John, think about it. These Chandler, these whack, these golems you see around, and I think I pointed one, right? That's kind of lumbering past. Look at it. I mean, it's it's very impressive in a sort of like art artisanal craftsmanship sort of sort of way. Thousands of years of work and all that. So many people's ancestors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You think that you think that thing there can hold an empire together? You think that thing there can connect connect cities across the ghost lines? You think that can build? There isn't a single golem train, is there? Like Waxwork hasn't built a train. Like you're a real jack, you like the things that we that we need in our daily lives as a as as a civilization across the world. Only Sparkcraft can do that. This 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 things they're doing here, they're just quaint curiosities now. I understand that this is your character saying this, but I also understand you are saying this as a personal attack against me personally. I just wanted you to know I noticed. Like it's 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 very familiar rhetoric in one way, right? So like, uh, yeah, yeah, like it's familiar for a reason. I have also like uh, my, in my checkered past been known to say it. So I'm not necessarily saying you know that's to anyone who believes this, but yes, it it specifically pains me. I don't necessarily believe in it myself, but yes, I think uh, Mira's having opinions that I don't share is interesting. Absolutely. We are all playing difficult and opinionated characters. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. should be a tagline. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, though, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the the awkward moment of silence that dropped uh, should be canon. And like we, the, uh, there was like a moment where after after Miraz's like fervent speech. Joan looks a bit taken aback 
and that just resolves basically like uh well i i think there are some things that sparkcraft cannot do but we are not here to debate uh we should find some people to talk to let's do what we came to do yeah let's do that find some people and i guess this is the point where we zoom out like i don't know what happens here right we obviously we aren't going to have a thousand conversations yeah, so like i think um what a what kind of downtime action uh, is this I, is this like a long term project or that's a good question i think it could be that i think more fittingly perhaps it's a gathering information that will be used later on when we actually get to interact with the committee Mm-hmm. may i suggest maybe what we're doing is working on a project to give us some sort of claim right like improving the temple mm-hmm. that does something for us creates probably the best way to represent it as a claim and this might be progress towards that oh yeah that's a good one like getting a feel for like what we should even be doing yeah. like that let's say it is a step clock it will uh put you in position to as a claim right? uh, when the clock fills um Sorry, I, I i didn't catch how many steps uh, six oh just six. i think so because you still have to do an entire score get it that's uh, true fair enough i think like if i made it any longer it would be weird to also it would be weird it would be somewhat harsh so oh yeah fair enough mm-hmm. I think Joan should roll this time and I can assist. I will. Uh are you rolling? And I think I still feel like it's a consort or perhaps a survey. Aha, uh-huh, survey for that pie chart. Yeah, exactly. It's a, It's a survey in many terms in many senses of the Very word. Good. Many senses of the word? Yes. Oh ha. Oh ha. You did that and I wish you had. Mm-hmm. Should it be something with position and effect? No, I don't think this has position or effect because the big risk mm-hmm. was Mohammed, and for now, I think you're fine. And yeah. Miraz is well well known enough, right? Like, I mean, if you if, if there is a new pope elected, you as a Catholic are likely to know about it. So it is not difficult to necessarily find people who know Miraz and like are faithful. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, sure enough. Yeah, people um, know us everywhere. Yeah. Is is Miras assisting? Yes, I am. All right. Then I will run it. Two dots. It's four. Okay. Uh I think that what we what you get is um to speak to people who are uh definitely like, you know, genuine believers and at some point I think like what when you are noticed someone invites you into their house for some tea. And I think that like there is a there's a moment where you basically understand that for some time it has seemed like what the temple has been doing and like this is very much Zajidan's own practice has been very philosophical and very internal um and it has and he the the way that he has been changing the way that like he has interpreted the eternal one's teachings is to change the way that um that he himself perceives things you know to uh learn new things and so on and and that's how he's exemplifying this right but as a result 
whether consciously or unconsciously, something that has happened is that community outreach has not really been something that like he's been doing. He's got friends who are well-connected and powerful because they come to him. I don't think he used to come down to Golampith regularly to like preach. You definitely get the feeling that like, they would like that. They would like a more, they, like, why should I go up all the way? You know, I've got work and stuff. Wouldn't it be nice if you came down for Cool, interesting, good to know. What we need to install is a complaint box. What we need to install is many small temples. <laughs> Want a decentralized Franchise. chain of temples, maybe square or block in shape. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, I think, like, uh, that's the solution, guys. That's definitely the solution. Mm-hmm. We're going to take the map and we're going yeah, to take a map and we're going to like make a grid. And each grid is in the center is going to have a circle. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what seems like it would be Mira's <laughs> You guys need tram lines and bicycles. That's what we need. NFTs, non-fungible temples. We're going we're gonna to have a hotline straight to the sanctum sector. This is a, Mira's is clearly a mass transit enthusiast. He loves trains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there should there should be tram lines and uh, cycling lanes, electroplasmic cycles, <laughs> <laughs> electroplasmic segways. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, terrible and amazing. Great. Okay, um, so yeah, that's your two your clock worth two ticks, and I think that uh, definitely actionable information, but not necessarily. Most useful or ones that, like, you know, you wanted to hear. We'll keep chugging away at it. So that was Jones' downtime. Mm-hmm. Who's next? It was. Uh, was that <clears throat> both of Jones' downtime actions, though? I think it was one of my downtime actions. Yeah. We can speed up the rest. That was a long scene. Uh, I uh, I have to resolve our entanglement with our team. So oh, yes. I would like to do that. And I will probably fold my downtime mm-hmm. action into it. So, and uh, just FYI, I'm probably going to solve this by not solving it and just paying a rep, just FYI. But what I'm envisioning here is that we have won a match and then we got gang trouble. So the the team is causing problems. And I think uh, I want to introduce one of the team characters we haven't seen yet, Grote Pir, who is uh, a large urban shaman who speaks the lost language of Uliput. I think what he is doing is that he has made a trash bonfire because that's what urban shamans do. And uh, I think the reason why we always have a new lucky item every match is that after a successful match, it is sacrificed in tanks atop the trash fire. And so I think we will see Rotepir uh, sacrificing this one fingerless oh. glove by throwing it onto a trash fire. And I imagine that our neighbors are not. Not like too happy about this situation, but I will leave that to you, Tree. Exactly why this is a problem, but I think that is what they're doing. That is drawing uh, I think attention. Normally, the kind of fire uh, is, you know, you know, it's it, it's not great for um, what we might call the environment. Um, you know, but I think that the in this case, there's two things. First thing is that because you won and everybody's so happy, normally uh, Grutapir would. Um, Sacrifice his love as like a uh, symbolic sacrifice, and everybody understands. Okay, that's done. So next next game we need something else. 
this game, everybody's done it. And these are, this has caused um, quite a rank smell because uh, we've been wearing them while playing and now it's just kind of like not reacting very well to the fire. But I think the second thing that has happened is that there are, they are singing loudly and boisterously about, you know, the mothers and the fathers of their opponents, the kinds of things that they got up to last night with them and so on. And uh, it's not really that you have Scovish neighbors who would take offense to this. You definitely, on the other hand, have neighbors who are like, we're trying to go to bed. It's bad enough you had a roof bowl match without, you know, caring to like make sure that we were fine. But this life, now you're singing about how you won. I hate this. It smells awful. So Vickers will come down and join the celebration after she has tended to, you know, the meeting we had in the temple and the important business mm -hmm. and such. She will stride down, probably not in her captain's uniform now, but in her like more everyday wear which is still kind of an insane combination of Eruvian and Akarosi fashions, because just like with her cooking, she has a very strange sartorial sense where she just mixes and yeah. matches. I'll wait for Vikas to wear a sari one day, but yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think she does sometimes, uh, but it depends on the occasion, right? Yep. Yeah, she strides down and hears the, the singing, frowns a little bit at like the... I think we see her like frown and concentrate. And then she concludes that, no, I clearly must not be understanding the nuances of Hadrati culture. Like this, <laughs> She might disapprove of this singing, but she's like, no, I, I shall integrate. I shall accept that this is how it's done. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. And so are there any neighbors like here complaining? Yeah, or... I think like one of the reasons this is happening is there is, uh, there's, there's some uncles, uh, Mm -hmm. I think like they're very familiar to you, right? Because they are uh, on other days. They're the kind of people who hang around the temple. You know, like there's a chai wala outside. They're drinking chai, whatever, right? Like mm -hmm. in this case, uh, they are kind of irate. And your team to knock it off. Not really getting anywhere. Your team has just been in like a very violent fist fight. Um, and so mm -hmm. they don't want to. The uncles don't want to really risk it, but they're still. They're like. You can see they're annoyed enough that they're thinking about it. It might be worth it to them. That's how annoyed they are. Probably like two or three of them, and they are like right in front of the bonfire, gesticulating at Groot Pier, um, and not getting anywhere. And both Sox and Bunchu are probably right along there next to their teammate. Excellent. I will step up to these mm -hmm. old men. Uh, I will step up next to them, and I will just say like, ah, good evening to you. I I do hope you'll enjoy the celebrations. I realize the the smell is a little offensive, but one gets used to it. I guarantee you. The celebrations are. I'm we're trying to sleep. Can you please understand that this can't go on all night? It's 7 p.m. I presume there's p.m.s in uh, in. Uh -huh, yeah. Oh oh, it can't go on all night. Not to worry. Not You've to worry. Already gone too long. Uh, because... <laughs> well then, gentlemen, why don't we finish the evening off with a bang? Now, I brought food out for the boys and girls, and you're very welcome to join us. And uh, Vickers is basically going to invite them to eat and attempt to calm them down. And I have no idea if this can even work, but that's, I think, our first approach is to, you know, it's a party. Everyone's invited. Um, I think that. Uh... 
one way that you can lose rep here is that it's impolite to decline the food. The food is so bad. Yes. They will all go home and yes. wince to their partners about it. Perfect. Yes, I think this is exactly what's happening. I will solve the problem by not solving it. And someone please knock off one rep from us. So I will host a party for them and it will so suck. I think like, <laughs> the one who is yelling at you is about to be like, go fuck yourself. And then someone else like just, just pushes them aside and says, biryani, knowing that it's not what they are expecting. Yeah, I think that is precisely what happened. I will set them up for like, oh, you get free food and it's going to be high quality and it's going to be really nice. And then they'll be very yeah, disappointed. Yeah. So, and, and like this person like, Are you, yeah, it's biryani. Come on, I'm just... It's okay, you know, we've all had some bad nights. Let's just have uh -huh. some biryani and hang out with our friend, you know. Um, and then you see them. Uh -huh. And it's also impolite, by the way, to leave food uneaten. It is impolite to throw the food in yeah. the trash. Yeah. They are really going to struggle yes. eating this. <laughs> Perfect. So I shall browbeat them into being good guests and me being a good host. And then they will talk behind my back about it. This 100%. is how it works. Um, <laughs> I have been very polite and also very rude uh, at the yeah. same time. So I think like uh, you lose the rap this way. I don't, like obviously this is the kind of thing where it will fuel neighborhood gossip for weeks. Right? So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think also I'm taking my downtime action of indulging Vice here at the same time because I'm hanging out with my team. It sort of makes sense. My Vice is roof ball, but I think hanging out mm -hmm. with the team kind of counts. Like I'm having a party I mean, with them. I'm I feel like, like that's indulged stress, vice right? shape. Like, what better way to relieve stress than to party with yeah. your friends? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the team needs. Need, I need to share in the celebrations and learn more about this wonderful culture I find myself in that I don't understand very much of. So, a six. Six. Oh, very nice. So I clear yeah, all I but two stress. Let's actually. I think you do learn something. Um. I think the reason you do learn something is that uh -huh. there is one uncle who thinks that you're making a genuine effort, right? And is like, oh, this is very bad, but you know, someone should tell her how to be better. And like, I think one of them is giving you genuine, like, cooking advice here. Maybe not okay, excellent. Then I will... It's like an animated conversation uh -huh. where they're like, oh no, you should do this. And like, you should cook uh -huh. that, right? Like. Okay, so I will start, but not add any ticks to the learn... Uh, learn Eruvian yes, cookery good. clock. How long is this? The longer clock? it is, the more you will learn. Um, say that if you fill uh -huh. a six-step clock, you can make dal that um, a, an uncle would eat and say, "You know, my wife's is better, but ah, this is nice." Uh huh. Yeah, I will make it a ten, and we'll see what uh, what happens, what comes of it. But I will make it a ten clock. I think it should take time for Vickers to learn. But she has now gotten her eyes. I think what happens here tonight, right, is because she has this animated conversation with this uncle, it's not like she actually learns to cook, but her eyes open to the fact that she actually isn't very good at this. Like, she hasn't learned anything, but for the first time, she doubts her own skills. That hasn't happened before. I think it's before. interesting that, like, she's not learned this because someone's come up to her and said, you suck. It's because someone's genuinely trying to help her, and she's realized she needs the help. But, yeah. Yes, absolutely. exactly. Perfect. I have one other like free play scene I want to do to set us up, possibly for another score. But uh, I think we should finish really? downtime before that. But I just want to flag that I am going to go make deals with criminals because Vickers is not happy about Mr. Morrison. Yeah, and you should do this loose. because your sister is also making moves and actions. You know? So 
Exactly. I will play politics against my sister, but I think we should finish downtime first. I'm just flagging so, that's Vickers' yeah. next thing. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their false names and true. Saumitri called Tree as the GM. Zoheb called Klau as Miraz. Prince as Vickers. Emma as Joan. Adiath called Soap as Abbas. Blades in the Dark and the original inspiration for Udo Asha by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Jalandahar Intro Music by Kevin McLeod. Outro Music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. Support us at ko slash desperate attune.